Heads, and welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. And my name is Mark. And today we are talking about... Good start. (laughs) (laughs) We just talked about I need her title, though. (laughs) Fuck both (laughs) y'all. I, it was in yes last week's pen color, so it threw me off. Anyway, we're talking about Scorn of the Moon Diana. Also, it's not the Scorn of the Moon, just Scorn of the Moon Diana. She was released August 7th, 2012, and I'm not saying anything for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you and me today, John. <laughs> so, I guess before we even get into the bio, why do you think Scorn of the Moon... Well, I I think that has to do, and we can talk about it when we get into it. I think that has to do with her 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 older lo- lore, uh, which I think has been kind of tweaked a bit to make her less scornful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was her bio was not what I expected based on the title "Scorn of the Moon," and also like I think the only thing I really knew is that she had a kind of feud with Leona, so I wasn't expecting the bio that we got. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, Diana, she only has a bio and a short story on the universe page. An abundance of AUs, apparently. Oh, nice. We got some AUs. We got a few cinematics. She's mentioned in a few other people's bios and stories. So, you know, good stuff. (laughs) That's good. Because I wanted a lot more. That was my biggest complaint with Diana. Yes. Spoiler is that I felt she's massively underwritten. So hopefully they use help. I don't know. I mean, they don't. You'll still have all the same (laughs) questions you had, but you'll get other questions you didn't have added to the list. I mean, we've talked a little bit about the Solari and the Lunari and their whole fight. And even with Aphelios, who was a newer champion, it felt like Riot just doesn't really give a shit about this conflict. And I definitely kept getting that feeling with this, too, which was sad because reading Diana's lore actually made it kind of more interesting to me there feud and and how diana could potentially fix it but they just don't seem to care (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's weird because they also decided oh targon's gonna be a big legends of runeterra release so we'll have solari cards and lunari cards and it's like a whole thing like this is your avenue for exploring the the runeterra lore and they still don't seem to i don't know we can talk about it, but I think that they've 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 decided they want the pieces on the board in a certain way, and they've decided to not do any of the groundwork, and they're just like, fuck the groundwork. We're not going to do any of that <laughs> shit. Uh, so, who wants to pop off with the bio? I can I can do it. I got I wrote summaries up beforehand for everything. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I didn't even know her name, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So the bio, I couldn't find a credit for it. Um, but Diana was an orphan. She was born to Outlanders, so people not from Mount Targon. They they died, I guess, on the somewhere on the summit, not the summit, I guess, but somewhere on the face of the mountain, froze to death. Bad times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but she was taken in by the Solari. She was kind of raised up in the faith, but she ended up being someone who regular regularly questioned the Solari faith, and it quickly transitioned from oh, here's an inquisitive mind to oh, here's that fucking problem child, Diana. <laughs> so, so she she ended up becoming the target of like kind of regular punishment, I guess, from the Solari priests, you know, leaders, etc. Um, and while she was kind of searching for answers, she would find that, oh, entire sections of this text have been, are missing. Or, you know, all references to the moon are gone. And because she was so... Uh, brash and questioning of the faith, she kind of became isolated from her peers with the the sole exception of Leona, who, while Diana was quite, you know, questioning of the faith, Leona was a de- like the most devout of any of them, and they would have these long debates into the night, and while they never agreed, they did find a very deep friendship from it, you know. Um, now, one night, Diana is kind of exploring around, I guess, and she finds the ruins of I guess a Lunari temple. It doesn't say it say it explicitly, but it's, it talks about carvings of showing the Lunari and silver-clad warriors alongside the Solari. And after finding it, she goes back and she tells Leona, and Leona's like, you need to fucking tamp that shit down. 
Do not tell anybody <laughs> about that. Um, but she can't sway Le- uh can't, God. I have my notes are even confusing Diana and Leona. Um, See, it's not me. No, no, no. I I ran into the same thing. Um, Diana is not swayed, and she eventually decides that well, the only way I'm going to get my answers is if I I climb Mount Targon. Targon, fuck. And 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 John, I think you mentioned this when we talked about Targon a bit that. Uh, climbing Mount Targon is kind of like a massive deal and anyone who does ends up kind of becoming like a chosen of the the celestial aspects like it's not just like oh I'll, I'll climb the mountain it's like no once you've done that you become something kind of ascended yeah and like not all of them get chosen but like it is specifically said that if you do summit it like you are changed forever. Oh, yeah, it, it's oh. like you do. It's like ride or die, right? Either you yeah. do it or you're gonna die. <laughs> this isn't like a mountain in your backyard. No, this isn't this, your grandma's this mountain. Isn't your, <laughs> this ain't your grandma's mountain. <laughs> uh, oh man! So Diana, she climbs a mountain. She does it, and upon reaching the summit, she's met with a the brightest moon she's ever seen, and she's she's wrapped in moonlight, and she's like given all this new. Dope art, moon armor, and the crescent blade. <laughs> the crescent blade. It's it's very dumb. Loon armor. Yeah, it's a little dumb. Um, yeah. So she she does that, and we we guess I guess we can easily suppose that she becomes the host of the the aspect of the moon. Which, if we look at the Legends of Runeterra cards, I suppose mm-hmm. this is the the Silver Sister because they have the Silver Sister and the Golden Sister. And one would assume that these are the actual aspects that we're talking about, rather than just the moon, blatantly. Who knows, right? <laughs> this is the moon card. <laughs> yeah, it's the moon card, right? One's got one is My flying, and one is, has life. And one has a uh, life, you know, life link or whatever. Anyway, so she's she's gotten she's gotten all aspected out, and she kind of looks around and she realizes that oh, Leona followed me, and Leona has also become an aspect, specifically an aspect of the sun, and. You know, they the two sort of reach a disagreement on how to proceed. Diana wants them to go down to the Solari leaders and kind of like, oh, we'll we'll share this newfound info with them, and and they'll they'll totally be cool with it. And Leona is not on board with that, <laughs> and uh, it, it it comes to blows actually. And if we look at Leona's lore, we find that Diana actually had the chance to she got the better of Leona and had the chance to kill her and did not, um, but instead did end up returning to the Solari high priests starts telling them what she's found and they immediately brand her as a heretic and in the face of all that her 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 rage and anger of all of this kind of builds up and it's amplified by this aspect that she's suddenly become host to and she kind of ends up oops all murders accidentally kills <laughs> what kind of accidentally Is this in the bio well, yeah i think so yeah well we we, we should talk about it because i, read I think the this bio- is man a... i was <laughs> i was like 20% present i guess yeah, um, she kind of it, she ends up killing a bunch of Solari, right, in a, a burst of moonlight, and she flees, leaving many dead Solari in her her wake, and mm. that's kind of where the bio leaves. Not us. a good I, look. No, no, it's not good <laughs> <laughs> for many reasons. Um, I guess real quick from Nami's lore, um, we do see that she is heading to Ionia. So that's kind of where Diana is at now. If if we assume assume that uh, Nami's lore is canon, um, which I don't have know if it assume. is, right? We have to assume for now. Uh, so that's kind of where she's at. She's heading towards Ionia, and then what we talked about with Ephelios's lore is that she is not in. Uh, she doesn't have her crescent blade anymore, and she is being pursued by some, at least elements of the Lunari. So they're trying to find her, whether it's hunting her or just trying to find her who knows right but everyone's looking for diana (laughs) when diana's not on screen all the characters should be asking corn of the moon diana (laughs) you both went in different directions simultaneously (laughs) it really fucked me up but from aphelios's lore i had kind of gotten the impression that diana was actively a part of the lunari to the point where they knew her personally but in her bio, there's no way she would have like gotten to know him because she became Diana and then oops all murdered, as Mark eloquently put it, <laughs> and then ran away. So do they just know this blade is part of an aspect? 
It's it's a good question. It's hard to say because, I mean, we can look at legends. We can again legends of Runeterra. <laughs> we can look at interactions between cards where she seems to interact and know various Lunari cards. But whether that's canon, whether that's you know just them putting in voice lines because hey, we added this Lunari <laughs> pack of cards. Who the fuck knows, right? I mean, frankly, yeah. that was one of the big things I wanted was an interaction. Like in terms of story, I wanted an an interaction with. Diana and the Lunari as they are now, both to understand what that faith kind of looks like now, and also to understand kind of where Diana's at, because one would assume that she's the like the, she's the object of their faith at this point. She's the the the, the zenith of of what the Lunari are looking at, right? And it would be really uh, it would inform a lot to see what those interactions are like, but we don't get that at all. So who knows? Yeah, and I wish we had more info on timelines too, especially mm-hmm. about like the cinematics. Yeah, that's um, another because, question. Yeah, like there clearly are interactions happening between Diana and Leona, like on on and around Targon, which she has fled from. But it, the the bio kind of makes it seem that like she fled from Targon pretty quick after the after the Oopsal murder, <laughs> and there's kind of two separate interactions that the two are having. Um, they're battling in one of them, and then there's kind of like the fake battle face-off in the other one. Um, and in, in the in the Legend of Runeterra card, too, for Diana, like the, the Diana and Leona card flavor text both kind of tease a fight that the two of them are about to head off to, and both of them are tailed by a large group of followers. So, it, it, I mean, at some point, Diana did amass a group of followers who were all reverent to her, so... Hmm. There's there's a lot of missing pieces here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at the card arts, I think the the implication is supposed to be that uh, what we see in the card arts is, is specifically the perspective of... So the depiction of Diana is from Leona's perspective and then vice versa. Um, and it's kind of what we see in that um, Call in of the In the art of the cards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you're, you're definitely on point that... I mean, we we must assume that there was some time between the bio and her fleeing to Ionia. Again, I think that's why it calls into question, is that canon, right? Nami's probably Mm -hmm. not been touched in a while. Um, Did she actually leave at this (laughs) point? Did they just decide, fuck it, let's just keep her on Targon? Who knows, right? And I feel like the short story only raises more questions. <laughs> I mean, it certainly doesn't provide any answers. Because uh, it it definitely just... Because this is another thing that Diana's apparently doing that we don't hear about anywhere else other than this short story. Do you want to hit it real quick? Just to... And then we can sure. talk about her as a whole. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of notes about it. I'll just kind of do the super, super high level. Uh, she's going through a forest, has some sort of crazy vision, fights <laughs> what are what she refers to as terrors, but what we can probably assume are void monsters, uh, defeats them using the power of the moon, and then seals what's kind of described as a rift between worlds, and then looks into the ocean and is like, yeah, there's another one down there. I'm going to get you. And <laughs> and it's implied she's gonna go seal that one. So she's just she's fucking void. sealing void rifts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's that's the summary. It's a very short action piece. <laughs> credit to Graham McNeil. Not credited on the universe page, but the wiki got him. So good job, yeah. wiki, once again. I mean, obviously, I did not make it sound cool. It's like a combat scene. It was pretty cool. It reminded me a lot of like a Shannara type combat scene. It was nice. Sure. Yeah, it's a good action piece. Um, I like the description of the void creatures in it. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't outright say it at the start, but I think you as a reader can easily infer it. And they've got a cool description in general, but it's not at all what I wanted, right? I like, <laughs> I don't, I trust that Diana is a cool action, you know, badass. There's a million other questions I have about the Lunari and the Solari and all these other things that you've established that this doesn't serve, which is the biggest problem. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they losted me. I was looking for answers, but they just gave me more questions. <laughs> right. That had nothing to do with the rest of the plot. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, good... I think what I... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's a good point that I didn't kind of catch from it, is that she does, like you said, look towards the, the tides. 
and down into the ocean and says, oh, there's another rift down there, which does tie her back into Nami, um, which is a neat detail that I completely missed when I was looking at it. So, <laughs> I did actually, one of, the, one of the other things that I specifically liked about this story was kind of the description of the monsters as she was fighting them. They they like evolved as they were fighting her, which was oh, yeah. very cool and void-like. God, there's more about the void in Diana's lore <laughs> than any of the void monsters. Seriously. And then like, you know, Nami's got that bit of lore about Diana too. And Nami also has a lot of interaction with the void. Like, I feel like I learned way more about the, the void through <laughs> Diana related lore than I learned about Diana. Yeah. Should we, do we want to go over the Nami stuff real quick? I mean, I, I know we'll hit it when we get to Nami, but we're in the D's and she's in the N's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might as well because it does it does tie in pretty directly. Um, and there's there's two. Actually, do you want to cover this one? Because I've got like a million AU, so I'm going to be talking for a while, and sure. people are probably going to get sick of this sultry voice. I mean, oh, never. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I mean, the quick and dirty is that the Nami is a part of the Marai, which are the ocean dwelling. I mean, she's a, a mermaid, essentially, and that's what they are. They're called the Marai. She is the kind of, you know, they needed a leader, and she, she kind of stepped into the role of it. And the big deal with them and Diana is that they've got a darkness beneath them. Who knows what that is? And they would have an interaction with a landwalker where every, you know, roughly 100 years, the Marai would trade an abyssal pearl with a moonstone to help kind of keep the darkness at bay. And obviously that, that latest trade has not occurred. And so Nami is out kind of searching for the landwalker who will give her the moonstone. And that's what leads her. That's what leads us to kind of, like I mentioned, uh, us learning that, oh, Diana has gone off to Ionia. So Nami's searching after Diana, and from that we learn that, oh, you know, she's gone off there. Um, and they're trying to get this trying to get this moonstone, trying to get this MacGuffin to to, to block <laughs> the the void, right? That's affecting the Mirai. Um and that's that's what we need to know around Diana anyway. I think. Yeah, and it's specifically mentioned that Diana is or not Diana specifically, but the aspect of the moon is the only one who can mm. create that moonstone, which is why they need her specifically for this. Yeah, it's not like a Feliosis shit where he can just manifest moonstone <laughs> shit. It's it's like a very specific moonstone. They use that word a lot, I noticed, between these two. It's kind of like, like true no, ice. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, there's just a cool Nami comic. Oh, and yeah. I, I looked at that shit. That shit's dope. We should definitely... It's cool as hell. She has yeah. to go down to the deep. And unlike the other comics... The this one scrolls down the entire way, oh. which really gives you a kind of feeling of depth, which I thought was a very cool touch. Oh, yeah. that'll be fun. When Nami will there. be a lot of fun, for sure. <laughs> In this Diana episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think what um, made the conflict a little bit more interesting to me, because when we were reading Ophelios' lore, that's the first time I heard about the Solari and the Lunari, and I was like, what are you fighting over? This doesn't really make any sense. And I liked that Diana was like, what are you fighting about? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And and I connected with that deeply. And I like how she came to the conclusion that we shouldn't be fighting. This is ridiculous. And she kind of clearly wants to like join them together. So I'm curious how Aphelios would react to that because he and his sister Alun, is that her name? They have dedicated literally their, their lives to you know, the Lunari, and I think they're very committed to, I, I guess, defeating the Solari, or I'm not sure, survival. So I, I'd be interested to know how Aphelios would react to Diana being like, no, they're our besties. We gotta be friends with them. I don't know, but we didn't get any of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think we we talked about this when we were talking about Aphelios, but I think that's that would, to me, be the way to handle this conflict, because we know from Aphelios's lore that the Lunari are on the upswing, right? Yeah. The, the heavens are shifting in their favor, and it would be, I think, the most narratively appropriate for them to kind of start acting similar to the Solari, where they are becoming zealots and they're becoming ass, you know, assholes, right? <laughs> and so that puts Diana in a very interesting place where she's kind of a heretic in both camps, right? Preaching this, this oh, we need to be you know, friends and, and equality. Like, the Solari obviously are not fans, 
And then the Lunari, like Aphelios, those who are super dedicated to the cause, start to kind of take that same position of, well, I mean, we've been we've been hounded for th- hundreds of years and brought to the brink of extinction. Fuck the Solari. We're going to fucking, you know, we're going to take our due. And I think that would be a really interesting way to handle that entire conflict, right? And put it, that, that would explain why she's why she's running. It would put Aphelios in a very interesting position, like you said, of not just, you know, looking for her, but kind of hunting her, right? In a way of, we need to, you know, silence her. That would be a great avenue for, for um, Elune to end up being more villainous, which I think she should be. Mm, yeah. Of, like, oh no, you need to kill her. And, you know, it, it would be, it would be interesting. It'd be very interesting. But. Yeah. And, and it's know. a, it's a good story for Diana for her conflict of trying to join these groups together. Cause she's the only one who's been a part of both, which I had no idea she was raised by the Solari. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just not playing with it. They're not playing in the space. There's so much space <laughs> play, to play with me. Play in the space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the entire the entire conflict feels very underwritten. I think at the at the 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 foundation to me is not well established because and this was the same complaint I had when we talked about Aphelios is that I don't have a good understanding of like how do these two faiths interact with I'm just an average fuck, right? I'm an average guy <laughs> on Targon and I'm a Solari or I'm a Lunari. What does this faith answer for me about my the the core questions that a faith kind of answers, right? Like what does the afterlife look like for these two faiths? What is what are the day to day tenets of how I should live my life? You know, a lot of these kind of baseline things that I want established for the f- the religion as an organization and how it has its followers act to help inform this ent- this this larger scale conflict is kind of what I want, and we don't have any of that. Yeah, I will say honestly, probably the the biggest glimpse you get is in the nami short story um wow you really read all of nami's shit huh i did (laughs) too she yeah because because she she's looking for diana and she goes up on this just like normal kind of like fishing village type thing and is asking Mm -hmm. about her and despite the fact that they're not like you know the solari soldiers they are very clearly Solari zealots. Like they, they're like, why do you, why do you, why do you want Diana? <laughs> and they're like, is she, is she a friend to you? And she's like, <laughs> it was funny the internal conflict. She was like, I don't know how to answer here. I don't know whether they like her or not, but surely they can't be enemies with the moon, right? So they're like, yeah, she's a friend. And they're like, heretic. <laughs> like the whole village just turns on her immediately. They like, they pick, pull out their literal pitchforks. Yeah, they like light up their torches and who would hate the moon? <laughs> yeah, and and so it's it's clearly like, despite the fact that they are not you know priests and soldiers here, like the the Solari have radicalized. Uh, it seems like a large portion of the the inhabitants of Targon. Um, I I do like the little bit at the end of the story where the the elder tells her about fire, and it's clearly like. It's clearly a metaphor for the Solari. That was nice because mm. she had never seen fire before. And in their quest to hurt her, I guess, they accidentally set their town on fire and she put it <laughs> oh. out for them. Oh, I love Nami. And yeah. uh, the elder there was like, and she was like, yeah, I don't know what that stuff was. And he was like, it's fire. Uh, we use it for protection, but sometimes it can be irrational. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what, because I think what Mark was really bringing up is, like, I I guess I can buy that they're a bit brainwashed, but what does being a Solari offer them? Because generally, like, a religion offers you something, and I don't feel like they're being offered anything <laughs> except mm-hmm. just be mean at the moon. General protection, I guess. I guess. And I don't know what that means. Yeah. I guess if you live on the coldest place on the planet, maybe, <laughs> maybe being... F- besties with the sun might be appealing to you <laughs> i guess that's fair is everyone in targon religious to this extent or are there just like some normal ass people it's like just a baker and he's like i don't take sides <laughs> i don't know i mean uh, i don't know I, th- I think you hit on it a bit again when we talked about aphelios where you know you kind of pointed out john that they've got this belief around various sons having died having died and so this current son mm. is like, this is the last one. You guys need to not fuck it up, <laughs> right? 
I, you could get there. I think there and um, kind of what we looked at around the Darken having been sealed away with the, the moon's power. And I think there, was, there are ways you could get to the current state of affairs. But again, the groundwork, in my opinion, hasn't been done. So the entire conflict feels underwritten, which it then, you know, extends to Diana and Leona, where it's like, I don't know, I, I don't understand these two fates, <laughs> right? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And this leads us a bit to the cinematics, where if you were hoping for answers here, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed because, again, only more questions. Yeah. Um, now these were both, I believe, Legends of Rune Terror cinematics, right? You're talking about, like, yeah, Call of the Mountain and the Vaulted Road, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the the Vaulted Road, the the general premise of this is, like, in the, in the shadow of an approaching eclipse, a young Lunari scout escapes captivity with her Solari lover, and the two of them decide to turn their backs on Targon forever. Um, and this shows the story of, um, I don't know if this is officially confirmed anywhere, but it's believed to be the story of the... Lunari Shade Stalker card and the Solari Soldier card from Legends of Rune Terra. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm and they're pretty basically, sure this shit's canon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to get to the top of Mount Targon where there something good will happen. the <laughs> The eclipse will show a secret pass or will show the passage to safety and freedom. Uh, they're being chased by the Solari, and. It, a few a few questions like obviously it's an escaped prisoner so maybe that's why they're chasing i don't know why leona's there this seems a bit under her pay grade um, <laughs> she's gotta break up these lovers right yeah nothing else going on right now uh diana's also here i guess just kind of watching um when they finally catch up to them a, sh- a soldier shoots an arrow and it hits the lunari and Diana gets real pissy and almost attacks, but then doesn't. Again, she's here, I guess. <laughs> and then the couple ascend to the stars and become a constellation. So that was that one. They, wow, what a bummer. Yeah, Leona and Diana share a a look. Um, and it seems like maybe they'll fight, but then they don't. <laughs> yeah. But if Man, you're looking que- for a fight. The queer baiting, though. <laughs> Come on, give me that. Uh, Give me you're going to be very happy about one of the AUs. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that was a whole thing I wanted to talk about is in canon, in the, the, the Rune Terra Prime canon, do we assume that that's a romantic relationship? I would assume yes, from the way it's written. Diana uh, and Leona? Yeah. I mean, I would love it, but unless Riot explicitly says it, then I mean, they they not they going to take that, those weak forever, breadcrumbs. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, I put in some some specific quotes from one of the AUs. That, talking uh, about the Battle Queens, right? <laughs> oh, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I know I know. I think I I saw some because I was looking at this and I saw like Iron Stylus had written like, yeah, that was the original intention, and then obviously mm. they got the kibosh put on that shit. Um, so dumb. Come on, what year is it, Riot? Fucking grow up. But um. I mean, Battle from the Queens way is the most like recent event too, so this is it's pretty yeah. recent lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, from the way it's written, I think that's the way we're supposed. I say supposed to. It to me makes the most narrative sense. Let's say, right? Uh, if we look I at agree. say, yeah, yeah, if we look at say like Ash and Sejuani, that would be a weird one to turn into an, a romantic relationship. <laughs> you know, they're in my opinion, at least. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, um, I agree with you. Unless like, I, I, there's been no hints of it. Sure. That could be a great story, but it's just, it's not been, they've been painted more as sisters, exactly. Uh, but exactly. as Diana and Leona really haven't. Um, but unfortunately, even when you get really blunt, a lot of people like to just pretend they're just gal pals. So <laughs> they're with, roommates. Yeah. With things like this, you have to really like expressively state <laughs> this sure. is the way it is. Uh, which they have not done. So I, I, you know, it's not real. Yeah. I suppose that's we'll fair. see if they can No, yeah, yeah I completely, I, I do it too. Cause you know, <laughs> it's more fun. Yeah. Now the call of the mountain cinematic isn't specifically about Diana. Um, she's just, uh, she features in a part of it. Um, <laughs> and the, the part that she features in Diana and Leona are in the middle of a big fight. Yeah. They're just kind of battling each other. And 
that's that's pretty much it. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's a short part of the cinematic, so you don't get a lot of it. You don't know who wins. That's their foreplay. That is their foreplay. <laughs> but yeah, so those are those are the two cinematics that Diana's a part of, and she's also part of several AU's. So we talked about it before. Let's start start with Battle Queens. <laughs> this is a recent one. This is set in a world where champions reign as queens and participate in the coronation that determines the fate of their queendom. Uh, Once fractured by endless warfare, the collective queendoms of Elysia have realized the true nature of their world, that the magic holding their fantastical plane together is maintained only through conflict. (gasps) They have thus allied through the unifying conflict of the Grand Coronation, though some alliances are beginning to show cracks. Now this starts with the battle queen diana lore which is just um exiled for heresy diana has assented to return to her queendom to save her people nothing else she (laughs) intends to use the coronation to prove her worth and force eo's elders to admit the truth of her beliefs that the crest answers to the will of the nation not its leaders there's like more detail put into this lore than the actual Lunari and Solari conflict. Yeah, this is there more really interesting. Is. <laughs> um, and actually, depending on during the event, depending on which kind of person you, I guess, allied with or, or worked towards, you you get like a different bit of lore. Oh. Um, the Diana lore specifically was about how she um, she returned to you know her her home and she bypassed the church's theocratic rituals around the crest um i guess they had like whole ceremonies and everything you're supposed to go through and all that and she just kind of like walked up and grabbed the crest and uh, it glowed and reacted to her which i assume is a good thing that means she was chosen um or she died or she died (laughs) no uh after she did that leona gifted her an alternate outfit which she made for her <laughs> here's some new clothes babe <laughs> that combined accents of the solari and lunari colors Aww. um and that outfit is actually the prestige version i think Aww. this might be the first time there's actually like separate lore for a prestige version yeah. of a skin but Dope. um here's a bit of a bit of the story that i clipped out of that that you might find interesting <clears throat> So Diana's Diana's going to leave, essentially, and she says, Come with me. Diana spoke impulsively, her fingers tangled in the rich fabric of Leona's gift. Let them sort their mess out. I swore an oath, Leona replied. (laughs) Diana surveyed her and, reaching out one hand, closed the remaining distance between them. So did I. Her fingers skimmed across Leona's pale cheek, and Leona closed her eyes at the touch. Just gals being pals, man. <laughs> Roommates. <laughs> uh, and anyway, then the Battle Queen Diana Prestige Edition lore. After revealing the truth at her nomination ceremony, Diana will let nothing stand in her way. Clad in her new armor, as steely as her resolve, Diana intends to subdue the tournament's monsters and the power-hungry religious order that has stifled Eosia. So she's going to subdue Leona? She's <laughs> not a monster. Oh. <laughs> guess it depends on who you ask hmm. <laughs> so that is the battle queen's lore she is also part of the dragon slayer au so this one actually i knew that there were a bunch of dragon slayer skins i was actually surprised at how much lore there was around the dragon slayer au oh <clears throat> yeah i play them yeah because <laughs> they're fun they're cute uh, so the first wave of dragons, this is a multi-tier story. There was two waves of dragons. The first wave of dragons was led by Dragon Knight Mordekaiser and was originally defeated by Dragon Slayer Pantheon. And they used the scales of all the dragons that they killed to outfit a group of skilled dragon slayers. So when the second wave of dragons came, which was led by Dragon Sorceress Zyra, Woo, Zyra. a.k.a. <laughs> the Clear Queen of Blades knockoff, and was eventually defeated by Dragon Slayer Sinjao. What's Queen of Blades? Uh, that is the StarCraft. Oh, um, uh, I actually know. I have never played oh, StarCraft okay. in my life, and I know exactly who you're fucking talking about. <laughs> now that yeah, if you look at the two skins, there's some inspiration. Yeah, a little bit of inspiration. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> 
So this universe encompasses the dragon trainer skins, who are champions that are characters that are trying to befriend the dragons. Dragon Master Swain, who started as a hunter, but was corrupted and enthralled by the dragons. Corrupted, or maybe enchanted. Enthralled. (laughs) (laughs) And Dragon Oracle Udyr, who's training to control the dragons and channel their power. And Dragon Trainer Lulu. Yeah, I said it encompasses the dragon trainer skins. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't specify Lulu. <laughs> and I love Lulu. It's a very good one. Thanks. I think it's actually most of the Yordles. It's like Heimer, yeah. Lulu, and Tristana. Yeah. I can think of. That's <laughs> funny. Uh, so Dragon Slayer Diana is the skin that's part of this line. Legends tell of a special breed of dragons ravaging the countryside who can hide under the veil of nightshade. While other dragon slayers may think twice about challenging such dangerous foes, Diana dives in headfirst, her blade and armor forged from the very remains of these ghastly draconic beasts. Eh. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, you Damn. can't win them all. <laughs> Not impressed. So, next skin line is Blood Moon. Uh, now, much like Spirit Blossom, this is both an actual event in canon lore that is just a celebration that happens in Ionia Mm. and an alternate universe set of skins. Um, (laughs) Because Riot likes to get extra confusing. (laughs) Right. So uh, this one features champions as Ionian demons or cult worshippers of the blood moon. So this is an ancient cult seeking irresistible power, surfacing on knights of the blood moon to perform profane esoteric rites merging their flesh with demonic spirits and becoming one with an ever greater darkness. Ew. <laughs> well, fine. No, it's just, I wasn't expecting it to... To merge flesh? Was yeah, that the bit that it was got the it? merge flesh mm-hmm. that got me. You're right. You know me so well. Uh, now, obviously, Blood Moon Diana's a skin that falls into this one. Uh, a child chosen by the Blood Moon itself, Diana's mind has been opened to the lost ways of the cult unknown to its leaders and even the slavering demons beyond hers is a truth no one can know and a fated metamorphosis beyond men and the gods what about women (laughs) men and the gods (laughs) next one is infernal which i honestly wasn't expecting lore for but it turns out there's lore for it it's your longest lore paragraph yet oh no i just forgot to bold that fabulous one oh i see so this one is set in a setting, set in a setting. There we go. So this is in a setting where the Ashen Lord has been summoned and transformed the world into a land of ashes, cinder, and fire. Pyromancer cultists unwisely summoned the god of fire and ruin, who in this AU is Aurelian Soul, into the world, hoping to control his power. Instead, he unleashed his infernal legions to remake all things in his image, cinder, ash, and death oh my brand must be so excited right i actually don't think that brand is part of the- well, <laughs> an wow. infernal well, brand uh, wouldn't be that exciting that's true yes fire brand <laughs> can you believe it <laughs> call the newspaper man <laughs> so uh these these skins encompass all the infernal skins anyone with infernal in front of their name uh they also encompass those consumed by the infernals so this includes charred maokai and wildfire zyra and those from the Shadowfire Temple, which include Foxfire Ari and Shadowfire Kindred, and the Protectors, of which there is just one, Obsidian Malphite. Oh, <laughs> weird. Um, this one also might be connected to the Glacial Universe, uh, <laughs> just because, I mean, Glacial Malphite and Frozen Terror Nocturne are actually in Infernal Diana's splash art hmm. in the background. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so her lore for this one is Chief Among the Lesser Infernals, oof, is Diana, <laughs> a blistering elemental terror sent ahead of the main invasion forces to assassinate key officials and set cities ablaze. Even her kin regard her methods as extreme, and she has been rightly elevated for it. I forgot about this skin. Oh, yeah. I don't like the infernal ones as much, so I think I just kept forgetting that they exist. <laughs> mm. Yeah, they were in TFT, so I, I saw oh. a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next up is Fable. So this is set in a mythological world where each champion represents a mytholo- mythological god, hero, a villain, or a creature. Um, the, the Diana skin on this one is Dark Valkyrie Diana. 
So occasionally, a Valkyrie will be seduced by the comforts of mortal life and be cast out from the halls of Valhalla. Understandably, this makes them pretty upset with Valhalla's whole management style. (laughs) And I didn't mention it the other week, but Cassiopeia is also part of this universe. John, you're fired. I know. This is Siren Cassiopeia. I feel like all of these were pretty tongue-in-cheek, but a humanoid marine serpent known for luring sailors to their deaths, Cassiopeia has a bad reputation and wants to set the record straight. She'd need to stop turning interviewers to stone for that to work. But at least she's trying. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, All right. There's two more, and there's not a lot for either of them. So (laughs) She's part of Lunar Revel, and actually Lunar Revel has a ton of lore associated with it, both in just kind of general lore and also individual champion lore. Uh, Despite that... There's no lore for Lunar Goddess Diana. She's just part of it. <laughs> she, Why? She, Diana's like, literally the cool. moon. She's like cool. the only one with Dope. no <laughs> no blurb. <laughs> oh, you mean this character who embodies the entire moon? <laughs> eh, she's there too. <laughs> no important role, though. Cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's actually more lore for the Curse of the Drowned skin line. <laughs> Uh, so this skin theme was initially released in conjunction with the Bilgewater Curse of the Drowned event, and uh, the skin that's part of it is Dark Waters Diana. Diana was once an extremist within the Order of the Mother Serpent, but now spends her days murdering her employer's enemies by the light of the moon. In Bilgewater, it's less about who you were and more about the message you send. Now, the Mother Serpent, really? is that... Is that in reference to uh, a Yahweh's god, or is that a separate thing? I don't know, actually. I guess we'll find out when we get to a Yahweh, yeah. I suppose. Mm. But that—that that is all of the AUs that she's a part of. And unfortunately, we get way, just way more lore from the AUs than we do. From- <laughs> we yeah. really do. I love that we still get nothing on the lunar, the lunar revel or whatever, <laughs> the lunar goddess one. That's excellent. <laughs> I think that might have been her first skin, the one that was released with her. So maybe they just didn't have the backstory for it at the time. Maybe I feel like I feel like that camp. I want to say her Valkyrie was the, the the release skin. Oh no, I think you're right. Yeah, I was just looking at them too. Were they I doing? Forget. I can't. Remember. I don't play Diana much, so I don't yeah. know her skins very well. I, were they doing one or two skins when she released? Because I know they used to do two, and now they're down to one. I think it would. Oh, have they're just down been to one. one now. Okay, it's hard to say. But Dark Valkyrie seems like the release skin. Oh, it's yeah, yeah, whatever. yeah. You're right. I, I was thinking I had Dark Valkyrie in my head when I said Lunar Goddess, but <laughs> <laughs> I had the yeah. right splash art, just the wrong name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Any more thoughts on Diana? I think it's just our typical lots of potential. Yeah. So do... Do we have any... uh, I haven't looked at her quotes necessarily, but I do, I guess, have a fun fact about her music. I think this was the first champion release that had an actual choral part to the champion theme um, because it came out, I think, a few months before Vi, where they were experimenting with yeah yeah that was at the time where i I think it was it was still a very small team i think it was mostly christian link at at this (laughs) point and and a few others but like experimenting with a lot of different like musical styles and this was the first one that where they had an actual person singing the theme as opposed to just being musical i I remember you showing it to me because i don't think i was playing league yet at the time (laughs) or if i did it wasn't very much and you were very excited yeah it was it was a very good theme and the Mm -hmm. the singer was a rioter and here i'm gonna look up her name because she's super talented yeah Yeah. i I think she she, i know she was like a dev who was working on on other parts of it and they just got her to do this i mean this shit was a big deal and that's a good call out was it like i remember when this shit dropped and was like oh my god they put lyrics in a login screen holy shit yeah it's funny to think about because it's just like they're constantly releasing music for this game that's not really tied to it but there was a time when like maybe when a champion came out they'd have their own kind of quirky song but this was like a really big deal yeah for sure I think it's interesting to look at the lyrics to this song because frankly it um it speaks to her the difference between her old 
lore and her new lore, where this this old lore speaks much more to her the scornful aspect of her, mm. right? Where it's very it's very negative, I guess I would say, right? <laughs> yeah. So what what was her old lore? I don't know. I didn't I look at I've it. Heard it. It, it was similar in that, you know, she was, you know, kind of parent, kind of an orphan brought up in the Solari faith. Um, the big difference that I found was that instead of the murders being kind of an, oh, I I just got angry and the moon's power kind of overtook me. It was like she got mad and instead kind of purposefully gave into her rage, like the rage of feeling. Mm-hmm. And you can see that in the VO where she's very um, angry. She's kind of edge lordy in a good way. Like this is good edge in my opinion. <laughs> like Morgana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she's very angry at being branded a heretic for so long and is kind of giving into the the frustration of that. And I think that speaks to the like that's something we find a lot in the old lore. Um the new lore tries makes her much more of a clean a clean individual, I guess I would say. I don't know. They are doing that. I mean, they did that with Brand a little bit too. They kind of backtracked, and and Brand, I think they're even painting as more of a villain than Diana, but they're still kind of giving him a little bit of leeway of like, well, he's not that bad. Hang on, hang on, hang mm. on. It, he burned down the village accidentally. It was an oopsie daisy. Sure. I don't know. I, I thought Brand was more more well crafted. I guess I would. Oh, say. Oh, definitely, mm. absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I will say too, to to Leona's credit, at least when she got back and found that the temple there was just like a ton of people massacred there her first thought was like i need to help diana control her powers <laughs> so you know good Aww. on her by the way i looked it up i think the best we're gonna get I'm, I'm sure the name is out there somewhere but the best we might get right now is uh sayaka mm. uh she was a graphic designer at oh, the time neat yeah yeah but that's her Reddit name, so. <laughs> <laughs> Any more thoughts? Any more Diana thoughts? I find the the legends of the vaulted road cinematic to be fucking boring. It's I I have it tied with Damasia as the worst of the of the tales of Runeterra. <laughs> I'm very excited. I feel like I was not interested in Noxus before we did Darius, and at the moment, I'm not really interested in Damasia, and I'm curious if getting into a champion will make the place more interesting to me but i'm a little afraid it's not going to maybe i mean maybe it'll be silas that really gets you into well that won't that won't that won't attach you to demacia that'll probably detach you from demacia that's fine it'll it'll at least have a stronger connection yeah he'll be good i guess we got fiora is probably the first one we're gonna hit right garen about it oh f is before garen i know who knows the alphabet right so much Fiora is interesting, but she's kind of like a minor aspect. Like she's kind of aside from all the mage, the mage magic shit, right? Yeah, she doesn't need magic. Yeah, but she's while cool. you were practicing magic, she studied she the blade. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it in that voice, though. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I've got for Diana. Yeah, yeah. I want to yep. learn more. If they release more Diana lore, I'll be all over it because For sure. there's I'm I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just God. I have so many questions. There's no way they can answer all of them. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely what I was left with was a bunch of questions. A bunch, wanting a million scenes to help flesh out. I guess a bright spot I did like from the flavor story we saw. I saw a bit of her like what it's. I guess she's the first aspect host that we've hit. Is that correct? I like think so because I'm confusing them with like the ascended. They're all the fucking. Yeah, I think she's the. F- I think she's the first aspect. Mm. Yeah, so I, I did like seeing the way that she kind of in that story. The aspect was showing her past visions of like the forest, and it was kind of interesting to see the interaction because that was a big question I had in in general was like, you know, what does it mean to be a host? Are you just like, is your consciousness completely subverted? Is it like a fifty fifty thing? And so the idea that the is it like host, an avatar <laughs> is it you know is it like Star Trek with the um God what are they fucking called uh, I got um, I'm gonna catch Spock. fucking no no not Spock not the Vulcans fucking oh uh, it hurts me so oh, bad the symbiotes it doesn't matter um, the Borg no it's like DS9 what's her name fuck it doesn't matter uh, in any case <laughs> I'll cut was, this out so your wife doesn't divorce you thank you I appreciate <laughs> I fucking appreciate it. <laughs> um, 
God, that fucking that fucking kills me. Anyway, like Dax, whatever. The, Trill, that's what they're fucking called. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't just Got it. Got it in one. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to see that like she she mostly is in control, and then the ho- the aspect will kind of show her visions, and she's. It's a very. I guess symbiotic relationship where she's like, "Oh, thank you for showing me this," and and it's not that oh she's just being you know direct. She's not like being puppeted around, right? The host just kind of suggests stuff, and she follows the intuition of it. So that was interesting to see, I guess. But again, questions. I want to see more of that. I want to understand what's it like to be a, yeah. a host to an aspect. That's a big fucking deal. So. Yeah, that'd be a really that would be a much better flavor story. And I think it would go really well with Aphelios, who also kind of has that voice in his head. Oh, I mean yeah. it's his sister, but there's like a higher being inside of his mind kind of controlling what he does while still having free will, but it's very manipulative. And I think having Diana have that similar thing, but maybe it's a more positive relationship. Maybe it's just as bad. I don't know. Explore that. Play play <laughs> yeah. with it. So yeah. much there. Yeah, I mean that that again. I mean, like I said, like we talked about earlier, that those two and engaging with with those two and their kind of weird dynamic, and mm-hmm. that's a great aspect to try and contrast them as like hey. here's one. Yeah, like you said, it, it it would be great. I would love for them to give Diana some more. Well, we can hope <laughs> someday. Yes, yeah. unfortunately, I I think that's it for now, though, huh? Well, that was Diana. Thank you so much for listening. If you were enjoying the show, a review would be super helpful or spreading it around in some way. We don't advertise, so word of mouth is really the only way we're going to have people listen to the podcast. It's been great, though. Yes, join us next week. I'm kind of pumped because this is going to get weird. Uh, we'll be able to talk about the madman of Zon, Dr. Mundo. I'm so fucking uh. pumped. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh.